0: I had a who and a how, but I didn't have a why. Maybe I didn't even have a who. I couldn't say for certain how that who did what he did how he did, and why he did what he did how he did. Shit, I didn't have a what either. But I had a where. Where he did what he did how he did. But I still couldn't prove how he could do what he did, or even if he could do what he did he did he dumb. did he do... It
1: had been a long day. My dear willing participants, welcome to our second mini-sode. As you well know, typically I try to group films together into a themed episode. But this film foiled all my efforts to classify it alongside another. This time I bring you a film that is unclassifiable, ungroupable, really fucking weird. Tonight we shall be talking about the Australian horror comedy. The Roly Poly Man. This episode functions as a sort of a postscript to my previous episode on Peter Jackson. It is another splatter comedy, but this time an Australian one, and with the emphasis more on the comedy and less on the splatter. I do not think this film was successful. I have never heard of it from anyone, except me. I caught it late one night on TV here in New Zealand back in the year 2000, And if it were not for the fact that it is so strange so off the wall so bizarre so funny i doubt i would ever have seen it again but as soon as it was finished i knew i had to own this film now as you possibly know i always like to do some serious research on a film before i present it to you but sadly that's just not possible with the roly-poly men It is such an obscure title that I really couldn't track down any information about it whatsoever. Search for it yourselves and you'll see what I mean. There are a few web pages that mention it, but hardly any that describe it in detail. There's nothing I could find about the making of it, very little about the star, and there are two, yes, two reviews of this film on IMDb. That is how little known it is. And yet, that is the main reason I wanted to talk about this film tonight. The Roly-Poly Man deserves to be better known. Willing participant, you owe it to yourself to see this film. The Roly-Poly Man stars deceased Australian comedian Paul Chubb, who I have never seen in anything else. According to Wikipedia, he had a successful TV and film career in Australia and appeared in Home and Away, but there's not much further information than that about him. Please do get in touch if you have more. Wikipedia helpfully adds that The Roly-Poly Man is one of the more unusual films made in Australia. Let me tell you something, Willem participants. They are not fucking kidding. This film opens like a classic Private Eye movie. The atmosphere is seedy. The tone is downbeat. We find a burnt-out, down-at-luck Private Eye named Dick Trent in a seedy bar in downtown Sydney having his usual breakfast of black coffee, cigarettes, and mescal con chisano. Although, actually, he's too afraid to drink the mescal. There's a worm in it! Dirk is a chubby, cowardly man, not particularly quick-witted, a little bit sweaty, and wearing an ill-fitting suit. His preferred method of fighting is to throw a panic attack.
0: Yeah, I was a no-frills private eye in a bad suit. I work the arse end of the market. It's tough at the top. Insurance rip-offs, cheating husbands, cheating wives. What a way to make a buck. Sure, somebody's got to do it, but I could do with a change for the better. Maybe this would be my lucky day.
1: As is often the case with these sorts of private eye tales, when Dirk enters his office, there's a dangerous, glamorous woman awaiting him.
0: Hi, big fella. Oh, Christ, Laurel, what do you want? Just drop by to say hello. Fine. Hello. Now piss off, I'm expecting a very important client.
1: Unfortunately for Dirk, it's his ex-wife, wanting to hand over his several horrible children to him later that week. Dirk's right-hand man is an old fellow in a flat cap called Mickey, a technical genius who makes all sorts of handy devices for Dirk and also functions as his forensics expert. Dirk is hired to follow a man called Ted Lewis. His wife believes he is cheating on her.
0: She said she liked the way I did business. She was some woman. Wealthy, sophisticated, and she had a way with words. I believe it was his glands. Pardon? You can tell a lot about a man by his secretions. Sorry? Testicles. Right Ted had testicles like coconuts, Mr Trent Oh He liked to call them his basketballs
1: But when Ted Lewis disappears, Dirk heads to the morgue I like to cut to the chase, he says This brings Dirk to Sandra, the sexy pathologist And Axel, the weird mortuary assistant Hello, Mr Trent Uh...
0: Axel, the boy that was brought in yesterday The young boy Could you bring him out, please?
1: He's gone. Got some other nice boys, Mr. Trent. Nice
0: party boys. Got them out the back. Right. You can look if you like. I like to look. Thanks, Axel. That'll be all. <laughs> there was something about Axel. I couldn't quite put my finger on it.
1: Dirk's investigations lead him to discover that Ted is indeed dead. And it soon becomes apparent that Ted is just the first victim in a spate of exploding head incidents which are occurring across Sydney. Dirk's access to Sandra the sexy pathologist gives him the opportunity to gather some evidence in the form of brains, which he suavely sticks into his trouser pocket.
0: I needed to think. I needed to get my shit together. I needed a bucket. I had to think fast. There was only one thing to do.
1: Unfortunately, this ruins his date with Sandra. And I've still got brain juice in me shoe, complains Dirk. Mickey investigates the brains and discovers something strange. What appears to have caused the head explosions are some foreign matter, some alien matter, in amongst the brain tissue. Soon heads are exploding all over the city, including that of beloved children's TV character Woozy Bear a six-foot-four actor who dresses as a friendly teddy
0: bear. Death. Yeah, it comes to us all. Funny, though, when it's stuck inside a six-foot-four bear costume with a bowler hat on its head and a shit-for-brains half-coked acid casualty smile plastered all over its fat furry face. Just takes time to hit you, that's all. What do they say? Live fast, die young, leave a good-looking corpse? Bullshit. Bullshit. No corpse looks good. Don't smell too flash either. Dead men? Dead bears? Dead worms? Who's a big woozy then? Not me, you sucker.
1: Dirk knows what he has to do to prove his case. He has to steal the head of Woozy Bear so that Mickey and Sandra the sexy pathologist can look for more clues. But he knows he must do this alone to avoid putting either of them at
0: peril. Now listen, if I'm not back in 30 minutes, I'll give you the signal. What signal? Two short shrieks followed by loud, uncontrollable blabbering. Just be careful. Yeah. I didn't have the heart to tell Sandra. I didn't have a clue what I was doing, that I was winging it. But then there's some stuff a girl doesn't need to know. Stuff like how you get a bone and just thinking about a sister.
1: What Dirk discovers in the brain of Woozy Bear is so horrible, so disgusting, it
0: defies description. Watch it, Mr. T. Careful.
1: It transpires that cheating husband Ted, Woozy Bear, and a host of other victims have each had a rare Amazonian leech implanted in their brains, which eats their brains while growing and growing. All signs point to a deranged neurologist called Henderson, who took part in an expedition up the Amazon some years earlier, where his wife disappeared mysteriously. It seems that Henderson appears to have undertaken some research on the medical appliance of leeches, which has gone horribly wrong, and now he's trying to cover it up. And as if that weren't bad enough, this is exactly when Dirk's wife shows up with the kids, for the weekend. And the killer takes this opportunity to frame Dirk for murder.
0: It's a setup. that's what it is. They've got the crime, they've got the motive. So what are you going to do? The only thing I can do. Dirk, you can't take on Henderson. I mean, you can't even prove it was him. Henderson be buggered, I'm getting out of here. Got the cops combing the city for me? There's some trigger-happy loony running around trying to shove a leech up me bum. Turn it up. What?
1: Dirk knows what he has to do to make things right. But does Dirk even know what he's up against? Can he elude the police? Is he sure that Henderson is the man behind it all? And just how big can these leeches grow anyway? (coughs) if you think this plot sounds strange so far, I should emphasise I really only covered about 50% of it. There is so much more in The Roly-Poly Men, So much more bizarreness. So much more offbeat dialogue. So much more black-as-coal humour. The Roly-Poly Man may not have a big budget, and to be honest, most of it looks like it was shot in other people's kitchens and front rooms. It may not have the best special effects, The giant leeches look like they're made of old carpet. The direction may lack the flash and inspiration of Peter Jackson or Sam Raimi. It kind of looks like a TV film. But what it has are genuinely funny jokes, ones that made me laugh out loud. Paul Chubb seems to have a knack for delivering classic private eye lines in his hangdog manner that manages to upend the conventions with classic Aussie cynicism and actually the whole cast is good, overplaying their roles to just the right degree. This is a parody, after all. From sexy pathologist Sandra, to Mickey the unlikely scientific genius. And it's just a film brimming with ideas and inventive good humour. There are plenty of jokes I haven't mentioned, simply because they don't fit in with the plot. Like a brilliant mini-sketch about a nun advising a young novitiate about how to suppress those forbidden... Sexual urges.
0: You mustn't be afraid, Teresa. None of us are immune to these kinds of thoughts. You mean you dream of boys too, Sister Beatrice? Well, hardly. Though there was a time when I was younger. But you must just try to turn your mind to other things. You must come to terms with these passions and desires. Or you can forget any plans you have to become a nun like your mother and her mother before her. But I can't stop thinking these things, sister. But you must, Teresa, you must see them for what they are. The hot breath of Satan on your firm, ripe, virgin. Goodness, that's a lovely blouse you're wearing.
1: And then there are the scenes in the pub, all of which are subtitled, including the phone going ring, ring in subtitles, because no one can be heard over the sound of the in-house punk band. I should warn you that some of the humour may not have aged well, politically speaking. This film is from Australia in the 1990s, and so I would defend the film by saying that while you might find parts of it offensive now, at the time we thought it was progressive. There isn't much gore, but the film isn't afraid of blood and guts. Well, more brains, actually. And there are some truly surreal moments, such as when Dirk gets picked up from the pub by a horse driving a taxi. My reason in recording this mini-sode is to do everything I can to encourage you all to watch it. This film deserves a place alongside the splatstick classics of Peter Jackson and Stuart Gordon. It's not really a horror film, it's not scary at all, but it is fast, gory, stupid and silly. It goes extremely well with beer, it'll be a fine accompaniment to pizza, so, do yourself a favor and track this film down. Don't leave me alone as one of the few people in the world who has seen it. Come, let us start a cult of the Amazonian leech. Let us celebrate what Wikipedia calls one of the more unusual films made in Australia. Let us rediscover the wonders of the roly poly man. But don't say, I didn't warn you. Good night. This episode of the Retro Podcast Massacre was recorded in Paraparaumu, New Zealand. Your host tonight was Val Thomas. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can tweet us at Podcast Massacre or email at retropodcastmassacre at gmail.com. And once again, thank you for your company this evening, and pleasant dreams.